0: Welcome to Tech, Future and World! My name is Paddy, I am the host and this is a podcast where I go away and research a random topic every uh, week, either provided by yourselves or uh, provided by myself um, and look into it. Um, one, The topic we're going to be looking at this week is going to be Digital Twins, um, so unlike Digital Twins. There's about 1.6 twins born each year um, worldwide and that is about one in every 42 children born is a twin. Which obviously is quite a low number. But what, what would happen if we were able to have a digital twin and what would be the benefits of that? So let's have a look into that this week on Tech Future and World. Now, I'm an actual twin um, myself, and it's quite interesting to know, although we're not identical twins, it's quite interesting to know what it would actually be like for you to have a digital twin. So, the difference obviously with that is, is obviously an actual twin is a real human, um, is obviously a a person. Um, Your your brother, your sister, your uh, sibling... um, whereas the digital one is going to be effectively an identical copy of yourself which can run with you or with the operating system which it is being a twin to um, and basically monitor and check what's happening with it or, or run simulations based on the information that the real life version is giving to it of what might actually happen. So that's what we're going to have a look at. We're going to go into more detail of it. So what's probably better to Let's start off, let's have a little bit of a look of the history of it. So the idea of Digital Twins was first sort of voiced around 1991 with the publication of Mirror Worlds by uh, David Gallinetta. Um, However, it was actually, or it's more credited to uh, Dr. Michael Greaves, um, who was with the University of Michigan at the time. um, And he is really seen as the first one to... uh, to applying uh, the concept of digital twins to the manufacturing process in around 2002. It wasn't actually until around 2010 though that the actual term digital twin was given to the process and that was done by uh, John Vickers at NASA um, now although it's that name wasn't given by NASA until around two thousand and ten, some people actually believe there was an earlier form of this sort of digital twin in uh in use before the whole uh nineteen ninety one um date Now it wasn't digital, but for example, NASA has been using this sort of idea or having a twin scenario running alongside um for for their whole space program. they always had in the, in the early days a replica of the spacecraft anything that they would take up there and that's what they'd used to work out what they could get away with up there what they couldn't and it was even that sort of um, philosophy that was used to help the Apollo 13 astronauts find a way of uh, cleaning their air in the spacecraft that actually meant that they survived long enough to return to earth Since then, though, it has been an incredibly important tool by big manufacturers to help try and streamline and make their systems more efficient and learn where there are issues. Um, So we'll sort of talk about next a little bit more details of actually how it is used in those manufacturing processes, why it is used and what other uses is, is, is there for it. So, what are digital twins currently used for? Well, as we said uh, in the previous segment, they're mainly used in manufacturing so far. However, there is the idea that it could be used in humans. Um, In terms of the manufacturing process though, there are three really major benefits that that can be gained from digital twins. And that are, or that is, sorry, rather, better uh, research and development greater efficiency and the product end of life decisions. So first of all, if we look at the better uh, research and development side of things. So if you make a digital twin, you could even make this digital twin before actually creating the manufacturing process itself. You could make it beforehand to see how well is it going to work? Are there going to be any um, uh, design flaws in your uh in in, for instance your factory floors how is it all going to fit together and a research and development there can help them um better the manufacturing process in future um so probably something which could greatly be improved would be the manufacturing of electric cars for example in the future at the moment they are very uh uh, intensive in terms of the work that goes into them but that is also partly because the amount of them that are sold is still at a much lower level the more people that start buying them though, the more funding that goes into it potentially for instance these digital twins might be able to find a much more efficient way of making these cars the second aspect is the efficiency so That sort of ties in a little bit with the research and development. Research and development side of things is actually they can create it to begin with to see where they can make improvements right from the off. But you could even still use these digital twins for a process that is already in use. You could create it and then run it parallel and see where is it failing? Where is the production slowing down and where are those bottlenecks? At that point, They can obviously make design changes and again, they can make these design changes to the digital twin before the actual um, um, physical manufacturing process. By doing this, they can actually see if their change is going to work and also not waste the money on making the change before they actually know it's going to work. So it will make the process or can make the process much more efficient. And lastly, the product end of life. So, this is often, we don't think about this enough. However, it is something that is being thought about more and more in our modern society. And that is, what do you use the product for at the end of its lifespan? So, the recycling of it. Well, using these digital twins, you can input exactly what is going into each product, the quantity, and at what rate and you can work out exactly what materials have been used and that means you can make much more plans in terms of what you're going to do with that product at the end of its life how is it going to be recycled and how easy is it going to be recycled and they these are all things that can improve that manufacturing life cycle now this concept of digital twins has actually been taken even a step further. So before you had the digital t- twins, it was just literally the data being put into these uh, computer programs and they would sort of work out what is going to be um, put out, how is it going to run. Well, now we even have what is called virtual twin experience and these are digital twins that are actually plugged into the live system itself. So they can see exactly what is going in in real time and what is coming out in real time. Now, what this does is it creates a bit of a closed, uh, a closed loop circuit for it, and they can work out exactly the productivity, what's coming in, what's going out, uh, in real time. Now, the benefit of that is, is it means that this virtual twin, um, um, sorry, this virtual twin experience, this this new version of these digital twins can actually learn even faster than their predecessors could do um, and work out where can improvements be made, how can it be made more efficient, what can they learn from it and and be far, far greater profits for those companies. Now, as much as this is all sort of great for uh, obviously these big companies, manufacturers um, to make their processes far more efficient far better and make them more money you're probably thinking okay okay but how is this getting back to sort of people like i i thought we're listening to how we're going to make digital humans well we'll come on to that now and actually how that could be done how that can help us um in the future So we've discussed the manufacturing side of things and let's get on to sort of a human aspect. Could this technology be used for creating a human twin? Not creating a human twin but creating a digital twin for a human and what would be the benefits of that? Well quite simply yes it could do. This is still in A huge amount of research and development at the moment but as more and more funding is being put into this and cognitive power um, or the amount of cognitive power are uh, being uh, devoted to the use of these digital twins the more advanced they get the better learning they get and especially with the use of uh, AIs nowadays these systems can learn and create simulations much much more accurately. So what does that mean for humans? Well quite simply what could happen is as part of um, your registration when you're born as part of your birth certificate you could actually have a digital twin created at exactly the same time with your genetic DNA with um, your um, uh, physical factors that affect your body and then with that being updated as time goes on that twin can grow in real time with you you could give it like data at the end of each day you could give it for instance a uh, a blood sample or temperature Um, you could tell it how you're feeling or to be fair even with more advanced sensors being picked up it could even be stuff that is installed into, into for example your smart watches anything like that in the future and your body could pick up this data and then feed that data back to that digital twin. That digital twin will then run simulate some simulations. They might even be able to tell you when you are getting ill before you even realise you're getting ill yourself. Could you imagine looking at your watch the on a Wednesday, for instance, and then see that there's a warning saying there's a... 80% chance that you're going to be catching a cold, or there is an 80% chance that you have already caught rather the flu, and you may not be able to go into work. It might be something you could actually provide that data to then your employers, um, who could then prepare for um, for your leave. It could mean that you can actually go and take preventative medication rather than letting it get to the stage where actually you feel that ill. And probably for a little bit less so for flus and colds and that, but more so for those um, big diseases, those uh, cancers, the heart disease, liver disease, the the, the big ones which are going to affect your life um, dramatically um, in the future. These digital twins could run those simulations to see what is the likelihood that you are going to develop that on a day in, day out basis. And therefore, you can actually, if you start getting flagged as being a high risk, you could, for instance, make those active changes in your diet, your lifestyle to um, adjust those or even go and seek medical attention or medical advice to try and catch it early. If we just have a look at a few examples for like some of these uh, health issues that you have in, let's say, the US. So according to uh, Harvard Health, each year um 610,000 deaths are caused through heart disease 580,000 are cancer 149,000 are lung disease um 129,000 are strokes and 776,000 are diabetes um 47,000 kidney disease now that was out of the top 10 causes, and that was six we just said there. Six six different types of health issues could potentially be monitored and more closely sort of uh, regulated or like uh, fixed with these digital twins in place. Um, In the UK, 15% of um, medical issues are caused or have a link to obesity. 14% are caused or have a link to cancer. Uh, 2% diabetes. Um one percent heart disease, and these are all things that could be monitored and regulated using these uh using these digital twins now obviously we've been talking about the benefits to you as a person in terms of um using one of one of these twins, how that could help you and your life, but it wouldn't just help you as the individual it would also help the medical system or the um the um uh organizations such as for instance the nhs the drain on resources is so higher than nhs and we are lucky enough that especially in the uk we are lucky enough that we have that free healthcare and if these are implemented or if these um digital twins are implemented it could be a way that the nhs could try and um uh try and uh prevent rather than um, react they can actually uh, prevent a lot of these issues or diseases or health problems rather than having to react and then dealing with obviously those increased costs um with that now maybe in the us i don't exactly know how that would potentially work obviously with it all being privatized and a huge amount of money being made in that sector um um Every single year, um, I think it's one of the things that, just from what I've seen, causes a lot of issues. Is that um, it being also private and so expensive? The uh, drug companies being able to charge outrageous amounts of money for what should just be able to be over the counter uh, medication to help with any sort of sickness. But I guess it could encourage, for instance. Um, health insurance of a different nature over it It could encourage maybe cheaper health insurance which encourages you to use one of these digital twins and then when it flags up a potential issue it encourages you to for example make changes to your lifestyle or make changes to your living environment to bring that risk down to bring your health um, um, much or bring yourself into a much more healthy uh, situation. Now obviously that isn't always possible it is going to very much be dependent in scenarios like that of actually your your situation your living environment anything like that not everyone can pick where they want to live but it could be something that um, some companies could use out there to try and uh, help their customers so we've spoken an awful lot now about uh, what it's currently used for um, how it could be used and how it could be beneficial um, for you medically and for the uh, for the medical community and for the um, uh, general manufacturing uh, process. But do we now have to ask the question of should we be doing it, should we not be doing it? So let's probably go and have a little explore of that now. So honestly, I can't really see any reason why we shouldn't be using it or any real downside of it. Now, that is obviously just from my opinion at the moment. There are plenty of things that we could maybe think about. um, If, for example, um, insurance companies use it as a way to use it against their customers, for example, that could... um, be a bad thing. It would be obviously unethical for those com- unethical for those companies to do. Um, if further advanced AI is used in the uh, making or the development of these uh, systems, could it even be to the point where they install an a a very realistic AI into your digital twin? So effectively, it is thinking and it's basically going through its own life as well. Now. I don't see why they would add that in. I can't see how it would be beneficial, considering it's meant to mirror what you are doing. But that could be a uh, that could be a sort of red flag, especially for me, if they start using AI in that way. To so actually, you're effectively creating something which is self-aware, something which is sort of living at that point. Should you be putting that into a, a digital model such as that? Um, but to be fair a i is a whole other subject. We could have a whole separate episode on that in itself, so I think they're really the only areas that I could think of to that we would need to be careful really, truly about I think the benefits from having these uh having these twins so so far outweighs the negatives the fact that in the manufacturing sense of things before any sort of destruction uh any sort of use of resources anything like that um happens you can actually see if that manufacturing process is going to work you can make it efficient you could um make it um uh, work much faster and in a world where literally using resources every day is causing issues for the for the planet it's better to make sure we get it right first time rather than try building the factory does it work no okay let's make an adjustment does it work Um, and it will just mean that new businesses have much more chance of starting up there isn't as much impact on the environment because they're actually checking that it works first and then following on from that it 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 just means that you can do the research, you can get far more development and far more learning from this system once it is up and running and using it at the same time. You can track a lot more and make improvements to your process, which if you didn't have it there, you just wouldn't spot, and those inefficiencies would just go on for forever or until someone re looked at the uh, looked at the the process. For people, I think there's even more potential benefit for for them. The fact that you could track your own body your like anything. So you could have a yearly checkup. You could even have it so you do at the end of the day, you have like a quick five minute uh, checkup where it takes temperatures, data from you, um, anything like that. And and it could give you realistic data in the future of how to keep yourself healthy. I don't see any any real downside of it the maybe just one other thing i've just suddenly thought of literally whilst we're speaking um i think maybe the other thing would be careful of people's mental health if you have this going on and people become obsessed with checking their um their health via this um this twin it It could maybe cause more sort of cases, maybe hypochondriacs or causing stress in the individuals who actually have these twins because maybe you're going to be forever checking them, forever checking, am I going to be getting sick next week? Am I going to be getting sick tomorrow? Am I going to be getting sick next year or even in 10 years time? Really, should you be putting yourself under any more of that stress? Because stress itself is a huge factor. Stress can cause a lot of illnesses. And I think anything we can do to keep stress out of our day-to-day lives is a benefit. And this maybe is something that is a negative for these digital twins. It could add more stress to you as an individual. So maybe the best thing is to have these digital twins but not actually really have the access to see it, maybe only medical health professionals should be able to see it. Your local GP, your doctors, should be able to see this data, and if something flags up to them, they'll actually book you in for an appointment. Rather than you booking in to see them when you're ill, they'll book you in as a preventative appointment to sort of discuss things that have been shown on your uh, on your simulation. And that way you could avoid maybe the stress of yourself of seeing these digital twins, but also still have the benefit of why it's there in the first place. Why are you using that simulation? So I guess now the question is, how long until digital twins become the mainstream? How long until we see these in everyday life? Well quite simply in manufacturing terms it's already there, it's already used in a lot of cases and it only often takes companies about three months maybe a little bit more six to nine to actually create a detailed digital twin of the process that they're trying to make and actually to gain those improvements already. Um, It's already being used in uh, sectors for uh, the, uh, like for instance, uh, car industry, automobiles uh, sector. It is being used for autonomous driving. Uh, It's being used for robotics controls and already being looked at being used in the medical sector. Now, how long does that actually mean until you yourself can go into your GP and say, can I have a medical twin or even go online and create one and input your details honestly I really struggled to find any information on this so I really couldn't say I tried to have a look for quite a long time and yeah I just couldn't see anything out there but I guess that is the nature of obviously research people say that they're researching it and you only actually find out a real sort of timescale of when it's going to be released when there's actually sort of a big breakthrough um at the moment they are researching it, they are seeing what they can do for uh, for humans and medic- medically how they could use it. And it may well be that the medical twin aspect isn't the most beneficial by everyone having one from birth that grows along with you. But that's probably something that we should leave for researchers and maybe just keep an eye out for to see if any more exciting information comes out about this in the near future. Now, we've spoken about digital twins quite a lot, and I think we've pretty much gone through the benefits, the downsides or the potential downsides and how it's currently used at the moment. But what if we really twist what we could use it for? And bear with me, because this is partly with some huge amount of imagination from my part. What if these could be twisted even further so you don't even have a digital twin? What if someone for instance created a digital world? Now if everyone is born has a digital twin, you could realistically use that data, input it input them as an individual onto for instance like a simulation the size of like Google Maps. You can make a whole simulation the size of a world, put them in a geographical location. You can then use geographical aspects which could affect those people you could use the data that is collected from them every day and would it be possible to use that as a simulation to work out how our world is going to change now i don't mean this in obviously the sense in terms of like obviously geological geo sorry ge- geological changes obviously that's down to the planet itself but what about us in terms of individuals what about like mass migrations or um tensions rising in areas of the world could you put in for example into these uh programs these uh potential conflicts in the world could you put those factors into the system into the software and see how people react in this simulated world would you be able for example to predict when there was likely to be a outbreak of, um, or of diseases, would you be able to predict when wars were going to start? Would you be able to predict when, um, uh, maybe even as far as to the point of like, let's say, deforestation? If you, if people inputted their own data of what do they do as a job and that, what could be the limit set? Now thinking about it. I'd probably say there is no limit to a system like that. The system could probably predict an awful lot. Issue is, is to run something like that you would have to have an incredibly powerful machine. A machine that probably doesn't exist nowadays or not, not one that the general public is aware of. I mean for a machine like that to run it would have to be able to cope with the population of the Earth. Which, as of June 2022, was 8 billion people. In fact, that's due to rise to 8.5 billion people by 2025. That is a huge increase, and the amount of data that would be required for it would be astronomical. However, if the machine did, for example exist like that they could have far more accurate projections for population growth the population growth was initially back in uh, 1980s 1990s they believed that the population would be around 8.2 billion in 2025 those projections had to be changed to the new projection of 8.8 Five billion, because of the increase, the increase of population is happening even faster than they thought it was. So if you're adding in all these individuals, and they keep track of the population, or the population of the world is c- tracked quite well by this, or by by um, governments and uh, and um, countries already. So it probably wouldn't be that much harder for them to put this information into this computer to track it more accurately and where those population increases really are happening most. But this is obviously all based on if they could have a computer that was powerful enough to run that many people and that's what we're saying we or that's what I'm saying they don't have a computer which would be able to run 8 billion simulations like that and bear in mind each of those simulations each of those digital twins is running multiple simulations themselves there isn't a machine which is powerful enough at the moment to do that and that's just the 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 human aspect of it that's just when you put in those digital twins what if you put in the environmental aspects into this software what if you put in the political um uh climate which is going on at the moment what if you put in all of those other inputs all of those other factors which affects human life that at the moment there isn't a machine powerful enough and honestly I think it's technology has come a long way but I think it's going to still be a fair bit longer until that sort of machine is capable of doing that so This isn't probably something that we really need to worry about. At least not for a long time. If this is something where we don't even have a machine. That is powerful enough to run this sort of program. Then do we need to worry about it? Well it might be good to know what's coming up. Because if you look at just a PC that was around in the 90s. And a high-end computer nowadays. The difference is huge. So We take that as 20, 30 years. What sort of powerful computer programs or powerful computer um, hardware is going to be around in another 20, 30 years? It might be a computer that could run this sort of program. And if it can, what are the potential issues of that? Could it be misused? We're talking about this program in a way where... Um, Every country is going to be looking out for each other and trying to solve the world problems, um, the global problems that are going on, the climate change and, and stuff like that. Well, What if not every country is planning on doing that? I think we've all obviously seen with what has happened with Russia and Ukraine that there are a lot of countries which are purely looking out for themselves and are on their own agenda where and how that affects other people they don't care and that's something that you have to bear in mind for example what what if a country in the future could use this to try and plan military tactics to plan their attacks to work out what are strategic points to attack what 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 would happen for example if uh, they use this data to plan where the most amount of damage will will happen they could plan see run a few scenarios and see how are people going to react how are they going to run how are they going to um, move and then using that they can um, work out their next tactics likewise the um, enemy of that country could then use it in retaliation they could use it to predict what they are uh, what they are going to do in counter attack and it could create um, even more sort of um, um, aspects to think about when it comes to warfare this all just sort of i think makes me glad that this sort of machine isn't possible at the moment and i know we've gone obviously a little bit off from the original use of the digital twin but that is effectively what the digital twin is the digital twin is just a simulation of someone else or of a process and it runs alongside it there's nothing saying that this couldn't be upscaled with enough resources with enough advancements to actually incorporate to incorporate it on a global scale and i think yes at, at the moment i'm probably just happy that that sort of machine doesn't exist but who knows if that machine will ever exist in the future if they ever would allow it to exist um, I guess we'll just have to see if uh, we live long enough to see such a machine. So that brings us pretty much to the end of our uh, of our subject of these digital twins. Conclusion-wise, do we think uh, they are a good thing? I think about 90% outweighs the possible downfall of that 10%, as long as we don't get some um, mega um, world twin, which can cause all sorts of disasters for everyone. I think generally it's a good thing, and it's very exciting to sort of see what is going to come about from it in the future. I know uh, plenty of people who um, potentially could, like I mean, I think everyone in the world knows someone who would, for example, be able to benefit from a system like this in place if it became readily available for everyone. Um, and yeah, I think it is very exciting to see what is going to come from this in the future. So that is sort of the end of our subject. Again, thank you so much for uh, listening in with me on this episode. I think I might have said at the beginning, obviously last week. These two episodes were filmed very close together. They are going to be released at the same time, so you're going to have episode one and two. (laughs) Following this, uh, the general plan is it's going to be released on a weekly basis. Um, The general plan is for it to be released on a Monday at the moment. It means that you have it there ready for your uh, morning commute. Or if you don't commute to work like so many people nowadays, it gives you something to listen to from your bed to your home office. So thank you again for listening. Um, next week we'll have a new topic and it will be out the, uh, the following Monday. And again, thank you so much for listening. Um, let's see if that 1 in 42 people born are twins increases to every 1 in 1 following this uh, uh, this future software. So until next time keep investigating keep researching and send me in any sort of comments or anything like that any sort of uh, feedback is all greatly appreciated so thank you all for listening and yeah hopefully we'll have you back with us next week to uh, listen to a new subject so thank you all and have a great week